Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Is here. 
And uh, I might have my sister assist us early tonight. Maybe we'll have her on. Instead of waiting to the current events, maybe we'll get a little bit of image early um, in the show. And um, maybe we'll do a girl's evening. So, Imaj, don't be surprised if I bring you on in a second, sis. We might do this girl's thing. All this estrogen will be flowing. Maybe we can drown some of the testosterone out when the guys show up this evening. So, um, for the first uh, author, and um, I'm using that term, and I know that there's so many other hats that this young lady wears, and we'll get a feel for those things. Uh, she's going to share those things with us. Um, but our first um, guest this evening, and I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I'm sure she's going to give me the correct pronunciation if I kind of push this up a little bit. But I believe it's uh, Donata, and uh, Donata Joseph, I believe. So I want to make sure that I... That right, but I'm going to bring um, Donata on, and we're going to start the show off with um, a little bit more about her and what it is that she does with her time. Are you with yes. us, ma'am? Yes, I am. How are you? And you did pronounce my name correct. Correct. Thank you so much. Awesome. I'm <laughs> oh, good. So Glad to have you here. Thank you. Um, I was looking at some of the stuff that you sent me, and I was like, wow, she does so many things. So I want you to have time tonight to share, you know, everyone, um, our listeners, like all of the different things that you do. So I know I said author, but I know you do more stuff than that. Yes, I have a nonprofit organization called Adding Doses of Hope Daily. And what we do up through our board and the members in our organization, we do workshops with schools, churches, organizations for women and teens, and we pretty much cover all topics, but our base is really empowering our young ones and our women to change the way they think. Us as women, we go through so many things in life, and we allow it to bog us down and lose faith in ourselves and everything that we have to offer to the world that we become very depressed and low self-esteem and have a lot of issues. So what our organization do is go out and talk to women and teens and really kind of change the way they think about life, period, and empower their minds. So that's something fun that I like to do on the community end. And also mm-hmm. in December, I launched my book, and my book is about my abusive relationship. But it's just not about that. It's, once again, empowering women to see the signs, to notice the signs, Toward they go in, or if they have a friend or family member, they kind of know what the signs are so they can kind of help them and how to help them versus how I always hear how people try to help. I just either leaving them alone or talking uh, talking down on them for being in type, that type of relationship. So my book is covering all aspects of that and really trying to help women and teens once again to kind of see this kind of thing coming and try to avoid it. And then I have a natural product line where I make natural skin care, facial and body products with no paraben or chemicals and preservatives. And another thing that I do through my natural product line is do workshops to teach women how to take care of their skin from the inside out. So mm. that's 
some of the hats that I wear and through my natural product line I started doing facials and I'm also a skincare instructor. So I have the whole nonprofit world and then I have the whole for profit world, but at the end of the day it all is about empowering women and teens, so teen girls. That is definitely something that's right in my, gets in my heart. So I definitely am Uh, glad to hear that. Um, And when you, when you um, do your nonprofit, when you do your work with uh, young ladies, um, what would, um, I guess, a mother or a school district or, you know, the people that you kind of bring your, uh, nonprofit work too. What could they expect to get from um, a session? With our teens, with we deal with a lot of teens in an underprivileged area. So unfortunately, we don't have the parents there, even in the vicinity of our workshops. So we have no parents that come out and even are involved in what we do with our teens. We go out there every week, every other week, and we just work with the teens themselves. So this is the second year. We just finished up the second year working with one of the schools in um, in Miami. And the whole time we worked with the teens, I probably met one or two parents, but the team, mm-hmm. the parents are pretty much uninvolved. But for the team, they really got a lot of the program. One of the things that they were introduced to that they, they never did ever in their life was meditation. So we've been mm-hmm. able to introduce meditation with them um, teach them how to meditate, and going every session, we would start with meditation. And what's cool was to see the girls at first, they couldn't even get through a meditation session to them letting us know like a month or two later, hey, Donata, before I cuss somebody out, we meditated, I meditated first, or I meditated right. before I took the test, or I meditated before I did this, or I just meditated before I went to sleep. So that was something really impactful for me to be able to show these little these, these young girls something as simple as meditation. But what mm-hmm. they got out of the program was a lot of mental empowerment, team building. They they learned how to communicate with each other. They learned how to communicate in a positive way. With the uh, the women, it's the same type of uh, program. I haven't done any meditation with our women's group, but with our women's group, we talk a lot about this the mental, changing the way you think. It doesn't matter what you face in life. If you change the way you think, it can get through it. So that's what we do with the women is have a, a really deep empowerment session. For our teen girls, we had a long program, so I worked with them for a long time. So we got to see them kind of grow through the two years. With our women's session, sometimes it's one. Sometimes it can be a few days workshop, but we don't go – as deep with the women as we do with the teens. Okay. So when, I hope I you covered change, your question. Uh, you did. Um, when you say change the way you think for the women, um, what kind of, can you give us an example of how, you know, maybe one concept that you kind of show us where, you know, they're cha- you're changing a situation or how it's perceived, what would be something well, I, that you might do? Well, what what I can say is the way I do my workshops is I pretty much go in and feel for what it is God wants me to do with the women. So every work, there's no, let's put it this way, there's no workshop that's the same. There's no um, speaking engagement that's the same. I go in literally with a clean plate, and when I get there, I pray and I ask God 
to touch my mind on what it is I need to say to help the women that are in my session. So sometimes mm-hmm. you can go in and go hear a speaker and they're talking, 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 and they have no connection with the audience and they didn't cover anything that they need. So I've I've learned that's that's not my technique. So each session is different. Some what I've what I've noticed with a lot of women is that a lot of women have problems and they all think they're the only ones growing, going through that problem. And once mm-hmm. I have a session and we start talking, it could start on the topic of relationship and then it goes into parents and it goes into things that happen as a child. So it becomes more of a healing session and women letting go and crying and, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize you went through this and I thought I was the only one. So with the women work groups, workshops and seminars, I noticed that there's a deep, deep healing in the workshop. They come in thinking mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a basic topic, but they leave feeling very empowered. So it's right. kind of hard to pinpoint and tell you because, like I said, every workshop is is different. Right, and it's kind of, like you said, it's tailored to the group. So, you know, that group might Correct. be something different than the group before I get that. And that's a... Now that's something that I think as a you know, as a consumer or, or, or uh, someone that will be in attendance, um, that will be really important to me um, to know that this is not um, like a package thing that you say every time you travel, you know. Um, so um, yeah. that that matters a lot. I'm glad that I asked that so that people listening understand that you give, you know, what they need at that time. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes I like to ask questions. One thing I like to do is ask questions where they write on the paper the answer, like what is your purpose, what is it you'd like to change about yourself? Because, of course, sometimes people come to workshops feeling like I'm just coming to listen. But I like it mm-hmm. to be very interactive. That's where you open up and you learn about yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to give an example where we did a workshop and we started out with what's your purpose because we're all here to do something for somebody in the world. We all have something to give back. And one person felt that she didn't have a purpose. And when we started talking about things she loved was being a mom and blogging about it. And everybody kind of listens to her about how to take care of kids and kind of follow her about her life and her kids. And we in the group help her realize that that's your purpose, so that's what you need to focus on and grow. So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's very empowering when you come to one of our women's sessions, very empowering. Well, that's wonderful. And while we have this brief pause, I want to um, say hello to my co-host, Shakir. How are you? I'm doing all right, and I have to apologize for um, being late. I had a couple of things I had to take care of before I came in, so. Well, that's fine. We um, are talking right now with Donata, and um, she is uh, telling us about her, her nonprofit work that she does telling us about some of the um, uh, work she does with young women and ladies, empowering them um, and finding purpose. So that's what we're talking about right now. All right. Well, I'll I'll continue to listen in. And uh, if I have any questions, I'll definitely say something. So that won't be a problem. Cool, cool, cool. Glad you're here. Um, Okay, and then I want to make sure that we touch on, because we um, do a lot of author interviews, so I want to make sure we touch on your book so that we have people that are avid readers that look for um, 
something else to pick up. So I want to make sure we give some time to uh, your book. So let's talk a little bit about that so that, you know, where where they can find it, what they're going to get when they, you know, read that book. Talk a little bit about um, your book for us. Well, my book is about the core story of my book is um, what I went through being in a seven-year abusive relationship and just not what I went through but my whole mental state through the relationship. And it all started with um, Nikki Mohan from Local 10 News hearing about my story two years ago and when the whole Ray Rice and Janae Palmer thing happened in 2014, she reached out to me to cover my story, and it was more of her her approach was how did I feel about the situation? What did I think Janae Palmer was thinking, and how did I feel about her and what she was going through? So after doing the news um, interview with Nikki, it hit me at that point to write a book about being in the mind of a victim because it's very easy for people on the outside to see someone in an abusive relationship and um, kind of judge and say if that was them, they would do this, and if that was them, they would do that. But it's not that easy. Once you're in it, um, you really don't realize how deep it is. It's easier for somebody on the outside to see your condition than you are. So that's basically mm-hmm. what the base of the book is, is pretty much my mental state throughout the seven years and why I stayed and all the excuses that I gave for me to stay and what the final straw was for me to leave and how long it took me to rebuild myself to be the person that I am today. And still, there's things that I think about and things that I do, and I realize it has it's connected back to being in an abusive relationship and hearing um, derogatory words being said to me all the time. And the things that I heard is what I kind of believed that I was. So mm-hmm. um, the rebuilding is, is a lot longer than even being in a relationship. And just um, giving people signs and telling them the difference of physical abuse, mental, emotional, and um, just kind of really diving into what to look for. And also, especially for people that know someone that's in an abusive relationship, how to approach them in a loving way. Not in a girl, mm-hmm. if you don't get rid of this dude, we don't need to have a friendship or I'm sick and tired of hearing this crap about what you <laughs> How to be a friend, even when it's hard to be a friend, because you really just want that friend to drop that dude. You know, it's not that mm-hmm. easy. So I can and I ended the book everything that I do has some spirituality in it, like I was talking with the workshop. So I ended the book on how my life is now because I finally got to a point where I surrendered everything to God and how I allowed him to kind of really get me in the direction of opening the foundation and now doing the natural product line. And basically everything that I'm doing now is more because I allowed him to heal me and guide me. Mm-hmm. So that's what the whole book is about. Okay. Okay. Eleven days. Say that again. I think I missed what you just said. <laughs> I wrote it in eleven days. Wow, that is passion. And, and you know, um, and it's something about doing that. It makes it so much. It's therapy. 
Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's therapy. Um, and and it's, it's so, it's amazing because, unfortunately, it's almost a reliving when you're putting it into words. It's almost a reliving. However, when you're done, it's a therapy that it's like no other. Correct. Yeah, I am. You know, I was um, the other, the other angle of that abuse. You know, I was a, I was a child, and my mom was abused mm. by my father, and mm. um, just that angle of, of living through that. Um, and I was um, recently writing. Um, I'm writing a young adult novel. And so one of the characters was experiencing it as a child. So I was using, wow. you know, what I had been through and writing it out. And I mean, tears all the way through the scene, you know, mm-hmm. just to get it out, just to get it out and not realizing how um, open that wound still was all these years yeah. later. But, you know, here I sit, you know, a couple of days later, and I feel okay, you know. Um, I feel better about it than I did before I wrote it because it was mm-hmm. one of those, you know, secret, it was one of those silent shames, you know, you kind of don't talk about it, you know. And, um, yeah. you know, my mom, my mom was real good at talking to us, the kids, about it, but we couldn't go outside of the house and speak about it. So it was still one mm-hmm. of those shameful things that we kind of had to keep secret as a, as a group. But that just meant that we didn't deal with it and get out, get it out of us, you know. Yeah. So, and the um, thing on so. your, your end, you don't know how it affects you, or maybe you do in writing your book. You might think back and realize how it's affected you and how you've been in relationships, how you've been in relationships, either on a positive mm-hmm. or negative way. Because parents don't right. realize, and that's one of the things in writing my book, I didn't realize how it affected my teen girls until mm-hmm. they read the book and told me, oh, Mom, this is why we do this, because of this. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at them like they're 16 and 17. I'm like, wow. So yeah. I added For that me, piece to my know, book, that too. Whole conversation, that whole conversation with my mom as I was growing up, she made sure that she was telling me the right thing. So, um mm-hmm. I, I made different choices as an adult um, mm-hmm. for myself and for and for my kids as well. So their experience with their dad is way different, totally different than what I had. Sometimes I tear up thinking about how wonderful their relationship wow. is because I will never know that as a daughter. I will never know that as a daughter. Wow. Um, so I live vicariously through them because that relationship is so amazing to me for me to watch. And um, so, yeah, you know, that was, I guess that was the one difference is that, you know, even after one of those horrible events, you know, blood sick, you know, emergency room visits, whatever, my mom would come back and we would talk and she would talk to us. Mm -hmm. But I can see, you know, from my angle, I can see all the kids, how they came out of it. You know, we all came out of it differently. Um, Yeah. We are... For and for her, for the purposes of her, we all made sure that we did something that was, you know, successful in the sense that we weren't dependent on her. But mm-hmm. um, we all love differently, you know, and that's, wow. the, that's the thing, the awakening that I have. Like you said, after kind of looking at it myself and looking at us kind of like your daughters, 
I see why my sister's the way she is and why my brother's the way he is. And, you know, it's, it's just really, it's, it's amazing when you kind of look at it on paper. It seems so different mm-hmm. than what you're living through it. So, yes. Oh, wow. So that, that really connected with me right there. So, um, so that's amazing. Thanks so for where, sharing. where can people, it is. <laughs> uh, where can people <laughs> find your book? So that they, so we can go ahead and plug that, so that when they listen, they can know where to go and pick this up because that was something some some of us need to read. They can order from me personally, and okay. I prefer people to order from me because the profits go to the nonprofit organization. If they okay. want to order online, they can go to Amazon. Amazon has the paperback, and they have um, the ebook. And that's, of course, Amazon.com, and in the subject you type, In the Mind of a Victim, or my name, Donata, D-O-N-A-T-A, and then you'll find a book, In the Mind of a Victim, or createspace.com, and then search the book, Donata, In the Mind of a Victim. Okay, great. Okay, so we'll make sure that, um, I'll make sure I put that on my page, too. So okay, and with out. mine, when they order from me, I I put a personal message in the book. So not only the profits go to the nonprofit organization, but they get an autographed copy too. That's awesome. All right, so you know this this conversation, just listening to everything that you're talking about. Um, now I can see why. I know um, Jackie is who suggested that we connect. Yes. Um, yeah, and I know why now because Jackie kind of hangs out on my page with me sometimes. So I also have a nonprofit that focuses on at-risk uh, young ladies, and um, oh, wow. so I can see <laughs> I can see why she did that connection. So, well, amazing. I would love to yeah. do anything if, you, if there's anything you'd like me to do to come and do a speaking engagement or workshop with your group. Let me know. I would love to. Definitely, because right now I'm, um, and mine is really new, so I'm going to, you know, need help. Um, and the first thing that we have coming up is um, I'm doing a brunch because uh, I have some parents that will be involved. So I'm doing a daughter um, and um, um, a mother-daughter brunch. And what I wanted nice. to do is have um, some virtual um, survivors is what, you know, kind of what I'm coining people uh, ladies that have been through things and have overcome, and I, I just kind of want to have like a a short video where the real people mm-hmm. are saying, you know, what it is. So um, I would definitely love for you to be part of that because um, you're you're, would love to. you're going to be in that group of virtual sheroes, and so that will be lovely <laughs> for you to be part of that. So um, that sounds definitely awesome. gonna gonna connect on that level. So thank you so much. Um, Thank you. All right. You have any last little words or things that you want to throw out there? Definitely talk about your products because I don't think we spent much time uh, talking about your products because I think those are really cool as well. Yes. I'm So I make natural skincare products. I make products for the face, and I make products for um, the body, body butter scrubs and um, soaps. Everything is all natural. My stuff is really organic. I use essential oils. I don't use any natural fragrance unless it's in the candles. So what is in the products is all herb, herbs or essential oils. 
I also am an esthetician, so I use my products when I'm doing facials and I customize facials for the, for the clients. And actually right now I'm running a special of $45 for first-time clients, kind of just to introduce myself to them, for them to get a good facial at a very reasonable price and kind of get them hooked because I already know once they come to me they're not going to go anywhere else. So I figured to go ahead and do an introductory rate. So that takes an hour and a half because I do a skincare consultation, talk to them, not just about skin, but their eating habits, um, their drinking habits, and kind of like create a whole consultation around the inner and outer beauty. So that's what I'm doing on the natural product end. Okay, great, great. All right, so um, I think we kind of covered the bases. Um Make sure I got you to talk about a little bit of everything. Okay. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to kind of let us know? Um, anything? Any, oh, do you have a website? Thing. Do you have a website where they need to, you know, let's plug that too. I have donata.co, which is D-O-N-A-T-A dot C-O. And then I have the foundation, which is A D H org. So it's adding doses of hope daily foundation and abbreviation. I would really like to close with if anybody knows someone in an abusive relationship or even is playing around with somebody that seems to be abusive by the signs that most people know are abusive signs, I would really recommend to purchase my book because it's hard to kind of tell somebody about it, but when you hand them a book to read, it kind of hits home. So if anybody knows anybody in that type of relationship, just get my book and hand it to them and pray that they read and find their way out. Awesome. Definitely. Um, And if anybody needs that and wants to even inbox me and I can – we can maybe do something where maybe I send you one, maybe I buy you one to give to that person if that's something that you need. Just let me yeah. know. Don't be the silent friend. Um, those friends well, are what I great can do to the cry first, with. But. Well, we can do the first listener that reaches out to you for a book. I can send it to them. Okay, awesome. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we connected. I'm glad that we finally got it uh, all connected. <laughs> I know you're like, uh, I don't do Facebook. You got to text me. I was like, oh, my goodness, let me find the number. So I'm glad we we got it uh, all yes. up there. It was a blessing. So uh, yes, thank you is. so much. For- thank you again. I appreciate it. Okay, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So, Shakira, are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, because um, that other guy, he's, like, coming in and leaving now. I don't know. He, I don't know. He doesn't come to work on time either, and then he <laughs> leaves early. <sighs> okay. So that was interview number one. And, again, if you are interested in the book or you know someone who probably needs to read it because they're in an abusive relationship, you can definitely inbox me and let me know. Inbox any of us. You know, you can inbox if you 
have a better rapport with Shakir, to him, he'll contact me. Um, same thing, Imaj or Ross, whoever it is that you have a better rapport with, let us know because, again, that's something that's close to my heart. And so, you know, I'm going to kind of be the advocate over here. All right. Um, so that was interview number one. We have a second interview, and it will start here in a moment. We want to make sure that you uh, kind of switch gears with us. And I am, you know how I am about these names, <laughs> so I'm going to do my best to pronounce her name correctly. We have another author with us this evening. Okay. I'm going to say Violet. Meyer, but I'm not sure. And so if I said that wrong, just, you know, don't beat me. Are you with us? You are correct. You're oh, correct. How are you? Oh, yeah. I'm fine. How are you tonight? I'm sorry. I can't hear you. I said I'm two for two tonight. I'm proud of myself. Wow. Oh, you did a great job. Usually people say Violet Meyer. <laughs> okay. I sleep, so that'll work. And that's Shakir. Shakir is my co-host, and we do this together. And um, you know, he's he's really pretty cool. He's not one of the ones that you have to worry about. Those people don't come until later. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, we're gonna go ahead and spend our time with you tonight and get into some of your work, because I say some, because I saw you had several things that you have published and you have out there, and so talk to us a little bit about the author. Well, my name is Violet Meyer, as you said correctly. I am a native of Atlanta, Georgia. Is that I right? Am a... Wait, that right? Hold that down. Uh, you know, we're like do? unicorns. It's not any native of Atlanta anymore. I was about to say because you're talking to one. That's why I'm really? trying to figure out. Yeah. Oh, what Uh-oh. part of Atlanta are you from? Um, I, I, well, let's let's put it this way. Um, graduated from Douglas High School. Oh, you from the west side? Yes, indeed. And uh, <laughs> right. grew up in grew up, grew up in the grew up in the Pittsburgh community. My okay, family got I got several you. properties over there, so. Okay, well, I'm on the east side. I'm in Decatur, where it's greater. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Which, which school, baby? Let's, let's go ahead and get that this out of the way the now. I was wondering if that was the case. Of course. <laughs> you know, only the best okay. bleed blue and gold. Lord, Ooh. here we go with that already. We, 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 I was wondering if this was going to be a rivalry song. Y'all going to be fighting on here? Yeah, I need to know because no. I get my camera ready. Honestly speaking, honestly speaking, it actually is. Douglas and Southwest were known back in the day as having some of the baddest high school bands in the city. Yes. Yes, yes, All yes. Right. But nice to hear another native of Atlantan. And oh, I am a, oh, yeah. And I am a speculative fiction writer. I um, do supernatural th- um, thrillers, paranormal, and science fiction fantasy. Okay, good Okay. Mm-hmm. And I my like latest the fact book, that that's very diverse. Yes. And my latest it's book is Son of the Rock. Our show. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, I love the um, the genre that I write in because there's not many African-American women who write in that genre. No, actually, there's not a lot of you. Yeah. 
that's for sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have my own little niche, which I like to stick in. I think it's very cool. And my latest book is Son of the Rock, which is a sequel to my book Angel Crush. Okay. Got a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just sticking with the two? Or are you going to make this series? We're going to get like five of these. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I finished Son of the Rock this year, and some of my fans was like, okay, so where's number three? So I'm like, okay. I was working on something different for next year, but maybe the year after that I might have to (laughs) go Mm -hmm. on another three. Go back. Yeah. Go back and revisit that. That's a good thing about having interactive fans because they will definitely, you know, make you do something. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. It makes you feel good, too, that someone took time to read it. Mm-hmm. And then became kind of vocal in what you need to do next. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> now we're taking book, you know, book direction orders. That means that they're paying mm-hmm. attention. That's awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and on your um, on your books, we can find them? Um, You can find them. Anywhere books are sold, I sell a lot on Amazon. Or you can get them from, if you want an autographed copy, you get it from my website, violetmeyer.com. Okay. Websites are good. Signed copies are awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the two you said two different genres, didn't you? I did. I, well, yes, I write supernatural fiction. I write um, science fiction fantasy. And I also write a little horror. But my base, I guess, for the people who love poetry. My first love is poetry. Mm-hmm. Poet. A poet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's getting Maj's attention, that's for sure. Yeah. So I try okay, to. Well, can you tell us a Go little ahead. bit of the difference? Because, and this is for, and I hate to use the word ignorant because people kind of take offense to that, but don't know about something, you are, in fact, ignorant. So I want to take um, a minute to kind of clarify with the different genres what that means, because I think everybody just likes to lump it together, but they're different. Okay. Well, paranormal fiction basically is anything that involves the supernatural, like my books, Angel Crush, they have to do with... um, fallen angels coming down to humans trying to recreate the Nephilim in Atlanta. And I also, like my um, short story book, it has ghost stories and different types of supernatural elements. So speculative fiction is anything that's dealing with supernatural elements. Now, sci-fi and fantasy, um, they're basically created worlds. Anything dealing with technology and science, that's science fiction, anything that's strictly fantasy without the technology in it, it's fantasy. That's where you have stuff like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Sci-fi is more like Terminator or Star Trek. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that helped. That helped me to to defer between us. So. Okay. Um. So let's talk about poetry, too, because I want to give you time for poetry. Well, my poetry is actually, believe it or not, is mostly love poetry. My last poetry book, I, it was published in 2013. It's called The Sickness We Call Love. Mm-hmm. And that one is 
uh, <laughs> as you can tell by the um, title, it was a very trying time when that was composed. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh, but, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. That doesn't sound so loving, but okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I love poetry because I love words and Poetry is the easy way to use words and to show how words are beautiful. I love wordplay. And that, you know, poetry gives you that greatest freedom. Even though I try to still, in my prose, I still try to write poetically as I can without right. being cryptic. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like a, an addiction. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. poetry brought me my voice um, when I was a kid, the things that I mm-hmm. went through as a kid. It was my outlet, you know where I couldn't talk mm-hmm. about it, I could always, like, write a poem. And I could, you know, I could do anything I wanted to. I was super, I had superpowers in a poem, you know. So going through, you know, the things I went through as a kid, that was my first thing. Let's just write a poem, get it out, just write a poem. So as I've gotten older and I kind of transitioned from poetry into actually writing books, mm-hmm. like you said, it's still there. It still shows up in the prose. Because mm-hmm. your first love, you know, the, the thing that yeah. made the biggest impact in your work, your love for words. So, yeah. I, I, I have you know, those issues too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny that you said that because that's how poetry was for me. It was I didn't keep a diary, but poetry was, I guess, would be my creative diary, and it was so hard for me because the first book I ever po- published was a poetry book, and it was so hard for me to publish a poetry book because it was so personal for me. Mm-hmm. And I was I like, bet. oh, my God, people are going to really know what I feel. <laughs> right. Yep, I definitely understand. Because I, I still have yet to, I'm like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> because any, yeah. it's so different. Like my writing, I can create a fictional world and write about it as a novel. But that poetry is so personal. I, I just, I haven't learned how to not, it comes from so deep within, I haven't learned how to not impart stuff that I don't want everybody to read, you know. You so, know what I did? I, I put I the list, I published the ones that are not as close to my heart. Does that make sense? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're still moving and touching, but I tried to publish the ones that weren't so intimate that I would blush if you read it. I see. But the second book, this this sickness we call love, I did. And I did, and when I did it, I can't even read that book myself <laughs> because it makes me feel so uncomfortable. Really? And when people really know me and they read it, they'd be like, wow. And I'm like, please don't talk to me about that book. <laughs> really? I, so, yeah. so this other book, I take it that we're talking erotica in this one. No, it's not erotica. It's just well, it it does have a few erotic poems in it, but okay, it's mainly you know love, lust, and lamentation. So okay. it has the rainbow of it all uh, inside of it. Okay. A little bit of everything. Yeah. I have to check this one out. It's making people blush. 
<laughs> it mainly makes you know, me blush. Being on this show has desensitized me to so many things because you know I was the I was the resident prude on this show for a long time, and <laughs> then it started with Shakira. Just like you know, he was so wonderful when we first started working together. He was just so mm-hmm. passive, and he was just like whatever, whatever. And then one time I said. Shakira, why don't you invite some guests on? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah really. it's almost wow. like the kids that are desensitized to the violence because they play it on the games or watching the movie. And they're like, oh yeah, that's not that's nothing. That's kind of how I am now. I'm like, yeah, Shakira did worse than that. <laughs> that's <nothing>. mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love to get back into an experience with some poetry that makes me blush. I need to check that out myself. Okay, please do. And always waiting okay. and let me know what you think about it. And Okay, give me the title of that one again. This, sick, this Sickness We Call Love. Okay, that's the, that's the one with the. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I can get that on Amazon? Yes, you can. Right, you can right. get it a book or you can get it on Kindle. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. I have to get that Kindle this evening and flip through it tonight and send you a little message about me blushing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in your experience, because are you published through a publishing house or, or are you self-published? I own my own publishing company. I actually started off with a small publishing house, and I learned a lot, and I learned a business for myself. And in 2013, um, I created, me and my husband, we created Viore Publishing. Okay. And Mm -hmm. tell, you know, for an aspiring author who, and I just had this conversation with someone um, trying to decide, um, to do the self-publishing avenue or to shop around and see, you know, what are some of the pros and cons from your experience that you might be able to share? Um, Well, the pros of being published by a major publisher, of course, um, you have someone doing all the work for you, like via editing and um some of the promotion and things of that nature. And sometimes you'll get a nice royalty. Um, Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, you don't have as much creative insight over what's going to happen with your work. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, the pros of doing it yourself is that you have complete creative control and you really can represent yourself the way you want to represent yourself. The Mm -hmm. con of that is if you don't know what you're doing, you can really ruin your brand. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yes. That's so true. Yes. So that's the biggest thing. Like I always tell people, if you're going to do it yourself, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you need to get someone else that knows what they're doing because you need to edit and you know, between book covers and editing and printing and all of those things. You just really need mm-hmm. to know how to do those things properly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep, and and that's the one thing that I think people that are brand new don't realize that 
all those steps are must, you know, if you want to be taken seriously. They're all a must, mm-hmm. and you need to have quality either. You need to be of quality in trying to do those things yourself, or you need to find people who that's their thing that they do, and they do a quality job at it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to have honest people around you when during your editing process. So when you put something out, it's really quality work because, Sometimes when we do things ourselves, we just we can do some crazy stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and no one around us. <laughs> that's the nicest way I could put it. Nobody <laughs> around us would tell us like, okay, you need to do something other than that. Yeah. <laughs> right, so it will be harder. Yes. <laughs> so it's very important to have people who are. Brutally honest around you. I mean, that want you know your welfare. They have your well being mm-hmm. at heart. Obviously, so that's really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, you know, we always hate that critical person, but that critical person keeps us on our toes because those yes mm-hmm. people who just don't want to hurt your feelings. I just love you. I just told you yes, but but it really was no. You know, those people, they kind of help us damage ourselves, like you said. So. Oh, okay. You are, I mean, that is that is such the truth. I mean, we don't want to hear it, but it makes us better. I mean, as long as it's a person mm-hmm. that you know is on your side, they want you to succeed in the long run. I mean, you don't want somebody mm-hmm. who's just going to hate you no matter how brilliant it is. You don't want that person on your side either. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. they're looking for you to um, fail. Right. Um, I also wanted you to take to even uh with our readers, our our listeners who are avid readers, I wanted you to kinda of share with us, um, you know, take the one that stands out the most, um, or that you think people are looking over one of your books and kinda of give them an idea of what they're gonna get, you know, the storyline but not too much, but just so they get a feel for when they open one of your books, what they're going to get out of it? Um, if you open up one of my books, you are going to get thrill you of your life. Can talk about one in specific. Yeah, if you talk about one in like specific, for, if you want to. My newest book, um, Son of the Rock. It is a thriller. It's not a horror, but it is a thriller. Um, it's a continuation from Angel Crush, which talks about. Um, in Angel Crush, you learn that it's a fallen angel that comes to Atlanta and impregnates this woman, and she has a child. Son of the Rock is this child. It picks up when he's eight years old, and you see some very, very strange things happening. So when you pick up one of my books, you'll get a lot of twists and turns. It's excitement from the first few pages, and I never let the excitement die down. And whatever All you right. think is going to happen, it never ends up that way. So I will keep your mm-hmm. attention from the first to the last page. Gotcha. Oh. And I think anybody can appreciate that. I, I don't. It doesn't matter what genre you're used to reading. I think anyone can appreciate being captivated. Yeah, and which is a surprise, like being an alternative, I call it an alternative African-American genre, because when I go to book places, most people say, well, I really don't read that type of book, and I'll say, you know what, just try it out. And they try it out, and they become fans, because I think if mm-hmm. you write anything well, you'll read anything if it's good. Right? Absolutely. 
So I yeah. say be careful about saying, well, I don't read that type of book. Keep an open mind. I read everything. I read anything mm-hmm. that is a great book. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. no genre. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, and I, like you said, it's all about the writing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. People can make a cookbook seem interesting if they write it to captivate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is very, very true. Um, let me think. Um, Shakir, you have anything that you want to bring up since you guys are such native Atlanteans, if that's the word? Everything, everything's good on this end. There's nothing I need to speak on. <laughs> How long have you guys I been can't... doing the show? God, it's um, coming up on year two. Jesus, yeah, it's almost year two now. Oh wow. And, you know, this is a very unique connection. Um, it's so, the, the four, there are four of us. Uh, Shakira and I start the show off with the interviews, and then as the show progresses, we get into just a wind-down family kind of hanging out, kicking it. And um, mm-hmm. when I first started the show, we it was me. <laughs> it was just me. And I was like, okay, I need a co-host, and so... Had a little contest, and I wanted a male co-host, and so it was it was some of the most fun radio I've done because it was super interactive. So Shakir won the vote process because he has a fan base that are almost like thugs, and <laughs> <laughs> they showed up, they voted, they inboxed me, they threatened me. I mean, he just. It was amazing about the way that they kind of jumped on his behalf to say he's the co-host of this show. You just need to come on and say it. When you gonna say it? When you gonna say it? Um, <laughs> and then um, Ron, who was also on the show, was also a candidate. He had a he had some good numbers. Like I would pay attention to the to listen, and he had like some high you know um, some of the highest um, listeners. Uh, the shows that Ron did. And he's pretty, sometimes he's funny, but he's really ridiculous. I think people laugh at him and not with him. But um, <laughs> he had some really good numbers. So I had, it was between the two of them, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't not because they both brought something totally different. And then um, is my girl, so she was coming anyway. <laughs> so I was like, hey, it's a balance. It's two of us, it's two of them, it's good. And it's been, we've been rolling ever since. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's in the different world, which is really um, what adds a flavor, because Shakira does stuff that I don't do. <laughs> I think he does stuff yeah, that, that, that do. goes without saying. <laughs> and it's yeah, I've been... Go ahead. <laughs> now, I was saying the last few... Um, blog radios that I caught, they were talking about the local news story of, like, the lady and the Rachel of the NAACP. Oh, from... Lord, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's coming later. That's the part of the show where it's more comedy than news. So, really, if you're trying to learn something, you don't want to listen mm-hmm. to the last part of the show. <laughs> if you're trying to learn something, you want to listen to the beginning of the show. Um, <laughs> 
So we're going to talk about those things later on. But I love the mix of our lifestyles. It's really, you know, we really have become kind of a family because we kind of predict kind of the reactions we're going to get from each other. Um, We're always wondering if they're going to, if he's going to say that tonight or, you know, so it's, it's really nice. And then when you mix in some of the different personalities we get with our authors, because some of our authors, they're really straightforward, very about the business, and that's it. And then some of them kind of entice us to behave in a way that causes problems on the show. So it's a nice <laughs> mix to see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, when we show up, it's always like, I don't know what kind of show it's going to be tonight. So we're going to shoot for the best, but we're going to get what we get. So, so. Mm-hmm. Y'all definitely sound like y'all have a very interesting crew. I'll make sure I'll listen in more often so I can get some of these shenanigans. Yeah, we you definitely really have a few. <laughs> Hell, you can catch a few on the deck in, in the archives alone. <laughs> I'm going to do my homework and listen up, listen up, listen up. Because y'all sound like y'all are a lot of fun. Especially hey, since hey, I know a fellow ATL, AT alien is in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And he is all the way live. Um, mm. Definitely is proud to be there. <laughs> oh, there's no well, understanding us uh, about that. We every now and then we get it. We hear something that lets us know he's very proud of that connection he has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way this is not gonna not come out. So it is what it is. You know how it all is. It's 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 just that way. I mean. Mhm. 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 Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, um, I guess. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You say what you need to say. No, I was talking about the Atlanta thing. I was like, people who are not from Atlanta don't realize how rare that is now. But the yeah, funny thing about very. being from Atlanta is that yeah. if you talk long enough he's going to realize that he know one of my cousins or either he is my cousin or he's my cousin's yeah, there's cousin's no friend. I mean, that's, that's the funniest thing right now. Like, yeah, we'll figure that out before all too long. But, yeah, one way or another, through yeah. some sort of Somebody's degree of separation, yeah, some way it's always it'll, be some, it'll be some weird six degree of separation somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I know such and such. And yeah, and all that, yeah. They say Native Atlantans can never do real dirt in Atlanta because somebody oh, knows somebody that you know. I was about to say, oh, hell uh-huh. no. All mm-hmm. dirt gets done outside the city. Yeah, <laughs> all the way. And I do mm-hmm. mean all dirt. Uh-oh, <laughs> don't start this. Don't start and Don't start in. His dirt is different. <laughs> yeah, my dirt is definitely different, especially after this last yeah. weekend. See, I knew that was coming up. Because I tried not to talk about your weekend last Wednesday. <laughs> Look, yeah, some I things did, cannot I did. be Some things cannot be helped. I got to do what I got to do. You know, there's a know. public that I have to, there's a public that I have to deal with. And they expect oh, no. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Violet, you have got to just glance. You just have to glance. His followers, his following, his fans, his readers, his whatever he calls them, baby, they are serious about him and whatever lifestyle it is that he is 
participating in at the time. They are part of that. <laughs> hmm. So you got a definite fan base, huh? Yes, ma'am. Uh, and they yeah. are so. <laughs> yeah. They they kind of hate it for good bit, reasons, huh? It's because, okay, well, you're just going to have to kind of glance over some of Shakir's writing, uh, some of his books, you know, and you'll get it. (laughs) You'll get it. You'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. You'll have that moment. The light bulb is going to go off. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. All right, I want to make sure that we covered all bases because we're almost into that part where we bring everybody else onto the show. So I want to make sure we've covered every base with you. We got websites, um, book titles, and where to find you. So would you please share that with everybody? Find my books at violetmeyer.com. My latest book is Son of the Rock but you may want to get Angel Crush first since it is a sequel. Um, books that make your heart beat fast, follow me at Facebook, Violet Meyer, Twitter, Violet Meyer, Instagram, Violet Meyer. If you know my name, you can find me everywhere. Awesome. awesome. Okay. And we, of course, will have that on the banner again that will be on my page if you need to look up her name or uh, reference her name so you can find her everywhere. Okay, so um, you're welcome to stay, but I don't. The disclaimer is, I don't know what's gonna happen, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, at this point, there's no telling. Yeah, and, and tonight um, we're playing a game, and it's a game on the wind down, and and so the wind down people, we are kind of a little bit off, so. You can stay on the line. Mm-hmm. You can say, you know what? I'm afraid of y'all. I'm leaving. It's really your choice. Okay. So I'm going to bring on. I'm going to bring Imaj on, and I'm going to bring Ron on. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hi. How are you guys? Ain't nothing to complain about. I am awesome. How are you all doing? Doing fine tonight. Great. Nobody's complaining tonight. Well, maybe Ron. He never answered. Well, yeah, I've had a very, very long week. It's only Wednesday. He's got the straw coming. Yeah, it's not a long one. Yeah, that's pretty much that. I I feel like she's You know how normally she can't be like, will be a long night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to play a here tonight. That's how I feel. Oh, God. Oh, God, I can't take it too much. That was so... That, hey, I don't think I heard you do the Shakira impression in a while. That was pretty good. I had to, it has been a while. Listen to me. What do you well, do yours? <laughs> nah, that's not happening. Um, I'm gonna have to catch on to y'all a little bit later. All that other good stuff and whatnot, you know, that's time for me. All right, well, Shakira, you be careful over there. Oh, good night, brother. All right, good night, sir. Y'all have a good one. All right, so the game we're playing tonight for the last thirty minutes is buzzwords, uh, and. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the current event topic 
going to call the training event out. And I want you, in as few words as possible, to give me your reflection or your summary or your thoughts on the topic. But I don't want you long, drawn-out explanations. Just real condensed. I don't want to do one word. I would rather you have a couple of words. Katie, y'all ready? Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Ron, you ready? I'm going to... Wait a minute, are we, how are we going? Are we going in a round robin type situation? Sure, we can there. I can call names out before I say it, and then I'll just go to the next person and go to the next person, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Okay. Awesome. okay. So, so, Ron, you ready? Um, I got no choice, do I? No, uh-huh. not really. I didn't really. I did that just because I'm nice. I wanted to make you feel like you're somebody. I just First one, I'm going to give you something everybody's been talking about. We really haven't touched on it, so we're going to go ahead and I'm going to get your reaction. I'm going to go, we're going to go, I guess, first. So I'm going to go Violet, then I'm going to go Iman, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to end with Ron, okay? Okay. Here we go. Caitlyn Jenner. Foolery. Just foolery. Imaj? Um, uh, well, I would have to say, if Caitlin don't know how to sit like a girl yet, that's Bruce. Say him. Right. All I all I want to know is if he gets convicted of that crime, does he go to male jail or female jail? Well, he still got his dingaling, so he got to go to male jail. Um, I can't neither confirm nor deny that appendage is still on him. I <laughs> say, well, be careful if you say yes or no to that, because then that means right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. Right. Now um, he was sitting in that interview with his legs gapped open, sir. You are a boy. Stop it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right. Okay. We got that one out of All right. Same order. We're going to start with Violet. Donald Trump as president. <laughs> Completely and utterly delusional. He will never be president of anything, <laughs> not even his casino. <laughs> Excuse what I'm about to say. I don't know if it gets curses or not, but that shit ain't about to happen. <laughs> he ain't, he ain't going to make it. Ain't gonna make it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 go do the same job anybody else go do. So do it make a difference? Oh, God, I had to be the only one. I'm not you the only one. I'm just being real. You just mad that Obama, you know what I'm saying, ain't going to do no better than goddamn <laughs> Donald Trump could do. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You already know you never pull the Obama card on the air. No, I don't give a good goddamn about that, man. You know what? Don't make me cut you. Don't talk mm. about my president. Don't make me cut you. Don't give you a smiley face. You better be quiet. Now Don't give me stuff. Listen, I got limited words. Don't let me get them to your boy Barack Hussein Obama. 
Uh, move and, right on along because we ain't got time for this. We ain't got time for him next week. Yeah, and you, team, you know better. You already know. Don't play with me about my president. Okay, anyway, moving on. Larry um, Donald, that's what I say. Are you still talking? I'm sorry. I haven't haven't given you a word. Shut up. Um, McKinney, Texas. I can't hear you. McKinney, Texas. Is that the girl in the pool? Yes. That cop needs to be pistol with. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 He must do agree with that. <laughs> Just the example. <laughs> uh, I don't know if the cop needs to be pistol with because I'm 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 realistic about what cops are, but that lady who started the fight with these young um children, young adults, is the one who is at the biggest fault that bastard her. So she mm-hmm. have you guys seen that video? I mean, anytime a grown-ass person starts a fight with, 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 with children, with, with teenagers as an adult, I mean, I already understand, listen, police are trained every moment of their training to treat you as a worst-case scenario. They don't love you, but that's what cops are going to do. I don't expect that man to do nothing more than what he was trained to do. But this woman, that bullshit. So I blame her. Bam. Bam, there you go. She made a video. I just want you guys to know. I didn't post it because I'm not giving her any of my, whoever pays attention to my Facebook won't be seeing her on there lying. Because she made a whole lot of things. You know, she moved. She made a video. It was like a press conference. And she read her prepared speech about what happened that night and how she wasn't beating up any kid. Or, And it's all, you know, like I said, it's a prepared speech, which means that it is orchestrated deception. That's all it is. You sat down long enough to figure out how to leave out the details that make you look guilty just so you can point the blame to a bunch of kids and you're an adult. That's, I mean, really stop. You can stop right there. You're the adult. Period. the end. They could have been unruly, cussing you out, throwing shit at you, but you're an adult. Walk away. It's that simple. So, yeah, she did a video, and I would not dare post it because I will not support her ignorance. All right. I got another one. But you support my ignorance. Oh Lord, I we knew. didn't have, we couldn't. And trust me, I'm ignorant. It was hidden <laughs> for a long time, and I need people to know that you are in fact ignorant at all. <laughs> I want, yeah, I want to display that kind of stuff. That's all I'm saying. Can I get a next word? Can you shut up for a minute? <clears throat> all right. So the next one is Rachel Dolezal. It's actually kind of funny to me. I'm really not offended by it. So, I don't know. I really don't know what to say about her. I think she's a little bit crazy. But the response, (laughs) I know this is so much longer than two words, but I have to say it. I just think the response is insane, especially in a country where everyone is so fake and pretend to look like something else all the time. 
<laughs> I don't even understand how it made the news. I, but that's my two cents. Okay. Image. Um. So, listen. I, I was waiting. I need listen. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen. So, today, so, I hadn't said anything. I was just, you know, sitting around just laughing to myself. Until today, someone sh- um, shared this thing through BuzzFeed. It's called 57 Questions Black Women Have for <laughs> Rachel Dalzell. Oh, my God. I cried. I laughed. I chuckled from a happy place. I was in tears trying to work. This is funny to me because when I look at her, I see the features of a white woman. I see them. I see them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure other people see them. But then I also see, you know, my other light-skinned friends and myself who have big hair. And I'm like, oh, somebody wants to look like her. That's so funny. So... <laughs> It's going to be funny to me, but I suggest anyone who is on my page to go and peruse these 57 questions. They will give you so much joy and laughter, and they even have a section where you can add your own questions. So, yeah, check it out. <laughs> yeah, I read through I some of those. I, uh, they're pretty funny. I read through some of those questions. And, okay, Ron. Um, there's briefly there's two ways to look at it as a person and as a member of the organization. As a person, she wanna be like us. I guess ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, as a member of the organization, that organization was started about thirteen people, twelve of them were European, one of them was black. What's um that organization the way your organization and things begin is how they continue. So the NAACP always been about white women. So what the hell is the difference? And that's the thing that was like, why are so many people offended? If you, as black Americans or African Americans or whatever you want to call yourself, you should know how everything started. And you're like, oh, we're so mad that she was pretending to be black. Okay, even if she just would have did what she was, if she would just be sad as a white woman, you don't have to, you know, pretend to be us. You can still help us. By just being you. We like you. I got white friends. I mean, really, we like you. So it would have been okay. such a racist statement to make. Oh, my gosh, Imaj, what's wrong well, with you? I got white friends. Wait a minute. I, have a, I do. I have a lot of them. Heck, I, I went to a predominantly white high school. Girl, I got them. <laughs> I think and the worst thing a- that she did that I have a problem with is that, you know, she she – she went around doing speeches about her black experience. I thought that was crazy. Because right. that means and, and she when just I, when I made seen, up like, a whole my rational friends talk about it, that's what they complain about. Is like, how do you get to go around and give paid speeches about the black experience when it's not something you have? Because, and here's the thing, it would be different if she was raised from the age of five to now in a black Experience, <laughs> you know, black people. Well, you know, all her siblings better. are black, though. You know, all her siblings that, are black, but, though. But she was raised in a household where she was white, like till she was twenty something. She was living a white woman's life, so it's not like she's been in this immersed in this experience and she's in touch with herself and the culture. 
this is something she just picked up after. She, obviously, she didn't pick it up till after she sued Howard for discrimination of a white woman because that was what she was <laughs> for. But have y'all seen the? Um, she was a white the... woman up until then. <laughs> so. All right. Well, let me ask this question then. There, and I forget the specifics of the situation, but there was, I believe, in the fifties or sixties, a white person who um, went and acted and, and actually like was melanated, like had put some coloring on his face and was acting as if they were a black person to show the disparity in and. That person brought about their black experience because you have to ask yourself: Is it a perceived experience or is it something real? And it's, in reality, it's perceived. So if you're perceived as black, you can't have a black experience, especially if it's black but, and white. But hold on, because I I, I hear what you're point you're Why making. Why you but... interrupt me? But I can't interrupt you. I'm just wondering where's the where's the equality. Uh, well, your raggedy phone is interrupting you. Buddy. Yeah, I was like, what was that last part? Because I can't understand. <laughs> All right, you ain't got to make fun about my phone. Oh, that's better. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's so much He better. put another quarter in. Okay, we're ready. Huh? Go ahead. I'm listening. No, but how no, I, that, um, I know your point you're making is like that experience is real for them because they were perceived to be black, and everything that happened to them was black, right? That's what you're saying? They were treated as a black person, period? I mean, since you know everything, just keep going. Since you know everything, just keep on going. I'm asking you. That's called conversation, idiot. Hey, hey, stop being a name caller. Um, I mean, basically, you get the gist of it. So, I mean, if, if... if, if, all right, perfect example. Can Caitlyn Jenner go around talk about her woman experience or his woman experience? Nobody has an issue with that. But this and, person, and, and you know what I'm saying? Here's where I was going. Here's where I was going with, with the first example you used. Because my thing is if you have um, an escape button, like you can just say, you know what, I'm not going to go get that next uh, melanin shot. I'm not going to put this on my face. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I don't want to do this anymore and you can walk out the door and be white again, that's not the same thing. Because I'm thinking about the black person who can never turn off their black, and they're always having the black experience, even when it's too much and they want to stop. So it's Yeah, not but see, what you're doing is you're looking through a real small microscope. Because even okay. though I understand that racism and white supremacy is a worldwide global thing, there are places that you can go where you may not be under the same oppression as you are here. So that is turning off. So if you talk about you can take the the, the shoe polish off your face and no longer be dark, now you can, as opposed to doing that, now you can go to Botswana. You know what I mean? But okay. And now but how it's a different experience. is that for everybody? How accessible is that for everybody? Well, how easy of all, is it for you, you can't Everybody ask that question saying, how accessible it is. I'm leaving. Can I ask a question? Sure. What about the black people in the, um, it was very common because I even have family members who did it. What happened to the black people that passed over? Ah, mm-hmm. there you go. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? 
Because that's not very uncommon in the black community, especially among great aunts and great grandmamas who got a little bit fair and they passed over as white people and live as white people. Sometimes white girl might come out with a butt too big, but nobody don't ever say anything about it. Or somebody's hair is a little kinkier than mm-hmm. anybody else's. But black people has have passed a lot. There's a movie called Pinky. In this country. I don't know if anybody's ever yeah. seen it. And but Imitation of Life. There you Imitation go. of Life. But, I mean, and yeah. again, again, my issue is not, I don't have an issue with her. My That's why I uh, say with the friends that I have, that's what they say, that, that the black experience well, how does she feel about being paid for that, for for going around talking about the black experience? Because the one post that I do have on my page about it, that was the concern, that she could travel, get paid, and she never really had the black experience. So, See, but that's semantics. The black experience and her black experience are not necessarily the same thing. If people are looking at her or up to that date, let's go back to January of this year, and somebody paid her, they may have been looking at her as a black woman, not knowing, like, is she black? Is she white? I don't know. She says she a nigga. She must be a nigga. You see what she I'm saying? So, she <laughs> so she She red bone. So, I mean, if, if you're perceived, perfect example, let's go back to your president. He got a white mama. I'm going to call him white from now on. So what? He his skin say he dark, but his experience say he white. He lived in Hawaii, you know what I'm saying? He went to Harvard, Columbia, you know all these places. Those is white experiences for the most part. Oh, so you're you so you're I mean? saying you're saying that he lived a white experience because his mom was white and because he went to Harvard. I'm saying I love my mama and I relate to my mama. Can nobody on this earth tell me I can't relate and love and be my mama's son? So I can't put nothing different on him. Well, well, I'm just saying, you know, because I, I think I think saying that says something different because I know for a fact that the things that he's experienced as as a public figure, because I think depending on where you are, this person will kind of depict the type of experiences you do have. And once you put yourself out in in a on a bigger platform, you're going to experience maybe more things than you would if you just stayed that almost kind of black girl around the corner that goes to beauty supply and buys the same color, kinky, wavy hair I buy. You know, that's different. You might run into a little something with Shanique Williams, but that's you it. That. You're not going to be on this public that. platform and having coming from all areas. I think it's so impossible for the president to have a white experience for the simple fact that he doesn't look like a white man, period. He doesn't. He can't he pass. He can't. I mean, you look at him and you know what he is. So, um, all right, I, don't, so I don't know how many schools he went Let's look at his actions. But that's what racist people look at. They don't care when a race, racism in itself is an ignorant state of mind. So that's all they look at is your physicality. They don't care if your experience was the Huxables or um, good time. All they see mm-hmm. is your hue of skin. And you might not even be technically black. Like in Atlanta, you remember when after 9-11 they killed them Indian people because they thought they were Middle Eastern. I mean, people are stupid. Right. They just mm-hmm. say, well, they look kind of close, <laughs> so they kill people. And it didn't even right. matter. We don't kill them. Let me ask yeah. you this question. 
because I just started reading a new book called The Iceman and the Terrible. And the first three sentences of that book are the best I've ever read. And it starts off saying, this is a racist book. And it goes on, <laughs> but it's a white dude who wrote it. And he eloquently states his point. So when you say racism is ignorant, I don't know if racism is always ignorant. Sometimes racism can be very intelligent and spelled out. It's just well, the perspective that you're looking stupid. at. Ignorant doesn't mean stupid. It means, I well, never said that. Well, we do have it. Well, let me explain. You have systematic racism and you have the racism of the masses. Systematic racism is extremely intelligent because it used the ignorance of the masses to, you know, push the agenda of rich, richer, poor, poor, you know, separation of people. But your main redneck or your main militant person what they do, they rely on stereotypes to propel their ignorance. And it is ignorance. Like a lot of people who hate other people have never even met another person of the race that they hate so much. You're right. They play on spirit. They play on stereotypes. They look at TV. They say, well, this is what black people should be. He got dreadlocks. He must steal. Or all black girls with fat butts gotta twerk. (laughs) You play on, you know, stereotypes and you think all white people are rich or all white people are privileged. But it's you can't say that experience. We base ourselves on ignorance, and we don't know. So so you say stereotyping is ignorance, or it can be ignorant? Or, I mean, cause, well, cause stereotyping I, is definitely ignorance, because when you know people and you know better, you know stereotypes aren't real all the time. Well, ah, see, then it uh, can be ignorant. He's going to catch you on your words, because that's what he does. No. Right, no, no, because it, because I can point to times where stereotyping is 100% the right, you know what I mean? So stereotypes can be ignorant. In other words, my professor once told us that if nature don't co-sign what you know, then it's not true. So when you look at nature and you see a gazelle, see a lion get up and just start running, that's stereotype. You know what I mean? When you look and you your instincts, you stereotype, or for lack of a better word, you discriminate. When you look at a, a loaf or of bread, you pass judgment. You and and you and as you should pass judgment, being a thinking uh-huh. individual. You know what I mean. But so it's a, you look but at a you know, piece of bread. It's two sides to both things. It's a dangerous type of stereotype, and it's a healthy type of stereotype. And, and when you're talking about stereotyping and judgment, you have to be funny about those words because they both carry two different types of meaning. Because if you were to say the stereotype, people would say that's using discretion, or I mean, I'm sorry discerning, using discernment or judgment, but no one would ever use the word stereotype in that place because it doesn't have the same connotation, even though the meanings are similar. So you can't say, well, I stereotyped them and made a proper judgment. That's using incorrect English. But stereotypes do work sometimes. So in other words, if you just think about, I don't know if y'all play sports, but I know I play basketball. And, And are they always right? No, they're not always right. But nine times out of ten, that white dude got a jump shot. <laughs> Let, let's oh keep it funky. You know what I'm saying? Let's keep it on. That, that dude got a J. You know what I'm saying? So so you say, okay. That all I'm black playing. girls really roll their neck and pop their lips. Well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I would tell you this. I would say it would be a stereotype saying that may be true that not all, but most of them go get mad if you throw them in the pool and their hair did. <laughs> Not if they got natural hair and they don't mind their hair being curly the next moment. 
Now, I'm just saying, for the most part, you know what I'm saying? They hear this. You know what I'm saying? So, so I mean, some stuff. That's a stereotype right there. That's a stereotype right there. Is that every black woman says did when they're talking about their hair? See, but there we go. Now, listening, because I never said every. I said most because I understand that things can be. Most then assumes that there is a minority of women who know how to conjugate their verbs. It's not like that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I got you. I think. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay, so we're going to back away from that one because I want everybody to put the gloves up. <sighs> Neutral corners. Okay, Rod, I had to do this one because... This one is special to you. And since you've been talking about my president, you've been talking about my president, I don't care about bringing this one up. Dr. Umar and the stripper who Mm, popped him mm, mm. his donation. Mm, mm, mm. Who? What? What is this? (laughs) Say that again. The conscious stripper. The conscious stripper. Dr. Doctor, and we're about to go into recorded time, but I have to get this one on on here. So, Doctor Umar, you know everybody knows Umar, right? Doctor Umar with the mm-hmm. highly conscious um, conversations that he has with the masses about um, the various followings of what what is, what would you call him? Um, Ron? See, I don't know necessarily. How would he him? would be see conscious to me. Is is I guess he could be conscious, you know what I'm saying? But then that's stereotyping because he says the right. same thing that some white <laughs> educators and, and, and psychologists say, say, and nobody would right. ever call them conscious. You're right. Okay. Well, he um, preaches um, quite a bit about um, what, as a as a black culture, what the strengths and weaknesses of us. Our, our culture as at present, you know, where we are right now, the things that we need to fix, what we need to do better, how we need to do things differently, you know, proper way of being a real man, a real woman, you know, the things that we need to fix and repair within our culture so that we can be more successful and move to better positioning. You so, know about um, positioning with that stripper. Well, that's why I use that word. <laughs> I'm so, I see, I don't know the story. What happened with Dr. Umar and the stripper? Okay, so he is seeking donations because he has a great idea. He wants to build, um, it's a college, basically, but it's school for boys. And in this particular school, there are so many things that they're going to develop and, you know, definitely a way of building another generation where really um, the men are the backbone of, you know, the success. So he wants to train them right. Um, and it's a great concept, you know, putting uh, certain individuals in front of these kids and teaching them about more than what they necessarily get in a traditional classroom that's for the masses, and I put air quotes, but something more tailored to their experience. So um, he has a GoFundMe page or, or some some online um, funding source where you can make donations. He um, had 
at some point received um, word that he was going to get this million-dollar donation from a basketball player, I believe. Um, Football player, but I don't know who it was. I'm trying to find out who it was. They won't ever say because they don't. They never mention who. Um, no. I, I mean, in the research that I've done, they never say who it was. So this person has signed on. How you did research and you ain't know whether it was football or basketball. You see, that just, I just don't even, I can't athlete. believe you no more. I can't believe nothing it's you say because your research, it's you don't know the score. It's an athlete who does something with a ball and makes more money than I ever will. Like, I fucking care. Anyway. All right, first of all, so, I'm limiting yourself. You, too, can have 4 or $5 million. Don't say more money you ever have. What kind of poor nigga well, shit is I mean, that to say? Oh my God! <laughs> Come on, we get better than that. Let's let's break down one more reason that I absolutely hate Ron. Okay, so anyway, in securing this funding, um, you know, it was it was done. I'm doing it. Yeah. So then the story the story was leaked about the contest stripper who. Physically, or who embodied, I guess, if we stereotype her, everything that he preaches against um, with the weave, the blonde weave, that it's weave, that she doesn't wear her natural hair, that she uses her body to, to make her income, you know, everything that he preaches against, this is what she kind of represented. So, you know, she releases the text messages and the story and all of this, and then he loses that million-dollar donation. So he's dating her? Oh. See, she ain't even telling the story right. All right, see, what happened basically? Oh, they met, gosh, here we go. They start, they start fucking. All right. So now, <laughs> after they start, boy meets girl, boy serves penis in girl's vagina, girl goes around the pole, boy gets Okay? So now she about to come back to the city. I version of everything. So he texts her. He like, yo, I want them cookies. She like, you can't have my chips, ahoy. Go get Sally Mae's. He like, but no, I want yours. She said, but I think you're trying to objectify me. Why can't you see me as a person? He said, oh, you're a person? My bad. How you doing, person? My name is Umar. <laughs> nice to meet you. So, so this hustler keeps oh all the texts and then publicizes them to let people know that he ain't who he say he is. He's supposed to be somebody different. Whoa, he never said he wasn't a man who liked the cookies. He just said, we need to not call kids kids because they're not baby goats. Oh, my bad. I said that. Oh, anyway. Um, oh, he said, <laughs> what he said is that we need to be pro. See, what people need to realize is that you can be 95% that dude, but that's 5% you need to live to. You know what I'm saying? If, 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 if nobody's 100%, Gandhi slept naked with little girls, with young women in the bed, saying that he wanted to test his fortitude to see if he could do it. He rolled over and fucked some of them little Indians. Yes, he did. All right? We all know... They went to Coretta. Coretta got the story that, yo, yo, your husband is fucking other women. She was like, get out of here. He's saving the world. Let him get some pussy. All right, that's what Coretta said. Okay? That's what she said. No, for She said that. She said that. Those, those exact words. 
a quote on this? I don't think she said that. No, she, she tweeted it. <laughs> so so now she this, she like releases that. this, and Umar, they're looking at him like he, you know what I'm saying, got the plague or he's some bad person. And my thing is, listen, let the man live. Nobody, just because you want to teach people don't mean you don't have a penis that has needs. You know what I mean? Let me ask you, you something. Do- Let me ask you something, Mr. Guru of all things spoken of this evening. Do you think that would have been Where the hell this did that name come from? Up- hey, because that's what you think you have been. You have really nothing shown out. Why? Because I Let know that Coretta said Martin deserves some head. That's <laughs> all I said. <laughs> Oh gosh. Do you think there would have been this much of an uprising if he had chosen the ideal woman to uh misuse? If she had her natural hair and she was a humanitarian and covered up and no kids out of wedlock. Do you think that we would have had the same, that would have been the same display of non-support um, if? Yes, there would have been she, because they're looking for a reason for him not to achieve his goal. So, l- listen, if anybody has, I've listened to Umar religiously. I got mad at his DVDs. I've looked at him on YouTube. He tells you he got two baby mamas. He tells you that he is from Philly. So hold on, hold on. Let me get this straight. And, and, and let's go a step further. He's a big dude. I mean, so you got a big dude. You got a smart dude. You got a dude from Philly. He ain't getting no pussy. Come on, son. Stop it. So that being said, let's go look at the reality of it. The reality of it is this man is a physical being. And his actions but his children, by the most men who've gone away to college have done some nasty things. Okay, so this is look at the reality of the situation. Why would we expect him to be anything different? Well, oh, I wasn't, I, think, I wasn't trying, to, if I wasn't trying pre- to answer anything that he offered as a question. I just was letting him finish because sometimes when people have diarrhea, you just have to let them finish. <laughs> I don't know. I think if you preach a certain the, the ideal, bigger, you should do your best to live out that ideal. You got to plug it. But how is he? But, but what I'm saying is, those two things can live in the same space and time. You see what I'm saying? I, mean, I don't. Just I don't have you, like, familiar about what don't. he's preaching in relationships. Like, does he preach marriage? Does he preach like? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know he, what he preaches. He, he believes in the family unit. Yes. Well, okay, no, he if he believes, believes in, in the family union, unless he's gonna marry the stripper, he shouldn't be effing her, and he'll be a hypocrite. But, I mean, I think people are physical and beings, but if you are was. preaching family. Live family. Don't have six baby mamas. Live family. No, but just because you preach family don't mean you also can't preach being single. Those two things can live in the same space and time. You can say, you I know what, family I don't is know. the best institution I don't in the know world. Here's the, here's, the other, here's the other thing that he did that made it kind of hypocritical is that he sat there and said that he was celibate because he's not married, and so he's celibate. He's not having sex. And he's not stripping. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, he needs you know, to have several seats. Whoa, 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 whoa. Celibate is not um, a vow of never having sex again. That means I haven't had it. 
for a specific right, amount he of said time. It, but he ha- he said it while they were in the midst of their sex love affair, the thing. Okay, and well, that then was you can look at that from that, a different view. You can look well, at it from my point of view. That was the thing that bothered her. That bothered her in in the article I read, and that was one of the things that made her go ahead and kind of decide because he said uh, he was celibate and he kind of rushed through it. He didn't spend a lot of time there, but they were in the midst of, like, as soon as he was done with that one, he went and texted her and said, what are you doing? You know, so. But but you know how I feel about it. You can give a bit away and you can sell a bit. So, I oh, mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? Ron. That's oh, my gosh. If you pay like you wait, then you can stay. Oh, okay, so moving on. Moving on. I got I got, I got, got one left, and I wrote this one down specifically for Imaj. So, yeah, because that one was for, for Ryan, but this one is for you, Imaj. All right, are you ready, Violet? You ready I'm first, and then Imaj, I'm and then Ron. Eating the booty like groceries. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be last. <laughs> well, I got to talk about the dirty last piece of booty. I don't know if I want you to Oh, my God. <laughs> Is this and like a Imaj, question? you're laughing because of the visual that you left on your page. <laughs> oh, that is a hearty laugh right there, young lady. Ron, did you not watch it? You didn't. You didn't watch it. She tagged us in the video. No, I didn't see that. I, I need. I need to watch it. Yes, you have to watch the video. Oh my god, I'm scared. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. With, with like six R's. With six R's. Terrible. 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 It's with a U. It's terrible. Oh wow. Oh god, Okay, Violet, you, you can defer, you can pass if you want to. Right, that's not I fair have no I words. I have no <laughs> words whatsoever. <laughs> okay, Imaj, your turn. <laughs> that video is everything. Um. <laughs> That's funny. Ron, you seriously have to go and look at that video and see why I am laughing uncontrollably. Because now, like, even if I listen to the radio, that song comes on. Yeah, I like the little song. It's a little cute little ditty. But one of the radio um, hosts here was saying, he was like, anytime his home, he calls his homeboy and he was like, man, yeah, what you doing? He was like, I'm about to go to the grocery store. He, like, he hangs up on him. Because that song has now tainted people's thoughts of groceries. <laughs> all right, all right. Wait, I'm, seriously, I, I'm sorry. A <laughs> dude calls another dude, and he tells him he's going to the grocery store? Like, what kind of no, let's, 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 let's say, okay, you call your homeboy. You be like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, nah, man, you know, I'm about to head to the grocery store. Like, you go, you go grocery shopping? Yes, I go grocery shopping. I don't ever tell nobody I'm about, I'm I'm fitting to use coupons. I don't do that. <laughs> Maybe it's me. You, you cut coupons. You couponing. 
Listen, you like you going to Harris good, you gotta to... you gotta save some money somehow, right? You like going to Harris Teeter on double coupon day or so? I go to Stop and Shop. They double your coupons up to a dollar. What? I get it. Oh. What? What the heck is a Stop and Shop? I don't even know what that is. Oh. But that's up here in the Northeast. Oh, mm-mm. we don't have them. Yeah, we have full line grocery stores. So. <laughs> but you know, and it's, it's, I think that song has really tainted the world because now you can't laugh, you can't listen to it without laughing. You can't. You know, got somebody always saying, eat the booty like groceries. You got hashtags and all of these things. Like, I think it's hilarious. And then to see these comedians, <laughs> you know, like in the particular video, the young man is sitting there talking to his girlfriend, and she's like, so I want you to eat my booty like groceries. And he's like, groceries? He said, I'm about to eat these Cheetos because they groceries. And we just went to the grocery store. I'm going to eat that stuff like that grocery. I'm not eating your ass. And she was like, I'm going to stop giving you special treatment if you don't eat my booty like groceries. And then all of a sudden, he's got it. And in Shamor's words, it's truffle butter. <laughs> oh, it's his lips. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, that was from your gut. I heard that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, Ryan, your turn. <laughs> All right. Enough of the Let me get serious for a second. Let me get serious. Okay, okay be serious. What we have to do is be grown motherfucking people and realize that we have control over what happens. Turn that shit off. Don't support that bullshit. Don't support people like R. Kelly who fucking pee on our babies. Don't support people that do not push the paradigm that we're looking at. All this feminization and all these women wanting to be men, don't support that nonsense because then you're going to have your babies thinking it's acceptable when you're giggling at it, all right? A parent only giggles at things that are... Excuse me? Right, I'm in the room. I'm in this house by myself, so... I think it's funny because of how people react to it. I might right, tell but on no the whole, my booty like groceries. I ain't never told no man like that. He knows what to right, do. but I'm sure you're not gonna turn it down. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. He, he right. know what I like. He know what right. I like. He, but that being said, that's things that's supposed to happen. Listen, in in, in in popular culture, we've all we've always had songs that speak about things like that. If you want to go to. Uh, let Belly, that was his name, and you want to go to M2 Made with Juicy Food, and you want to go to, and I'm saying, all kind of different songs. They've always had, not always, but for a long time we've had these kind of songs that are risque. So I'm not talking about from here to there. What I'm saying is when we as parents and as grown-ass people start giggling and start, you know what I'm saying, co-signing things by not uh, 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 demonizing them, then we are telling our children, that it's okay for that thing to be done in public. Now, whether it's done or not is not up to me. I can't tell nobody what to do with your groceries, your wallet, your pocketbook, whatever else you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the same time, for us to, in public, do this in front of our children is not acceptable, people. So when we Ron, go on a... You will ruin a wet dream. Excuse me? It's just comedy. It's not that serious. It's not. No, it is that serious. It's not that serious to you maybe because you're a good parent. What about these borderline parents? 
What about these parents that ain't that good? See, you're looking at it from your point of view. I'm looking at it from the point of view where I got three little bastards in my daughter's class that sold my eat the booty like groceries, teasing her. Now, she's a young and impressionable young lady. If one of them is the cool dude in class and he's saying it, she may have to fall for that. You see what I'm saying? So you're saying that from a good parent's perspective. And I hear that, and it's all good, you know what I'm saying, because you're reinforcing that good shit in your household. But what about those who ain't? You say, oh, now it ain't funny no more because now he want to go, oh, or better yet, when Rick Ross say, oh, uh, 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 slipped her mind, she ain't even know it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you don't think some dude's going to do that? You don't think some dude's going to do that? It's happening. You know what I'm saying? Remember the girl, Jada, that's her name? Hello? Nobody there? I'm here by myself? Everybody's I'm here. Listening. Everybody's here. But We're letting you have your vent session. I asked you a question. Was that, you. was that the young lady named Jada, the one that they videotaped? Yes, her name was Jada. Right. All right, there you go. So somebody gave her something. She didn't know what was happening. They took advantage of her, and they posted it around. That's a direct correlation to pop slipped her mind. She didn't even know it. You, you see what I'm saying? So the, when we start co-signing that fuckery, we can't be mad when these baby goats start doing it. That is true. Definitely. We got you, Ron. Now, I know sometimes I say some dumb shit, but I had to end on how I know. Sometimes? <laughs> oh, the goddamn man. You, you just wait. It. I got Please. something for you. Thank you for bringing everybody to a point where, you know what, we can call it a night because, I mean, Ron ended the the whole thing with a – he just tried to get a little laugh. I guess Ron didn't a Donald, he had a bad week, a, a little Donald yeah, Downer, I guess. It's been, it been a rough week. It's only Wednesday. And I eat all day, Neva. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, you asking like this because you hungry? Really? No. I know. I fast every Wednesday, so I don't normally act like this. Mm-mm. But you act like that today because you're probably hungry. Somebody probably bought some noodles to work, and you couldn't eat them. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I haven't eaten noodles like that since college, sweetheart. I am a grown man. I have a good job. I can afford a meal. I don't eat no damn ramen noodles. What's wrong with you? That is, oh, no, not going to happen. Not going to do it. One. I don't know if I want to hear what you go say. Well, I mean, it's only one way to find out. Yes. Could you take a breather and shut the hell up for a second? Was that a yes? I can shut the hell up or no? You just mad because you ain't got no panties on in Texas. Because I don't have no what in Texas? I don't have any voice. I kill myself. Okay, you know what? Sometimes I wish I could be in on the fun. All right, so let's go ahead and call it a night. Uh, Violet, we want to thank you so much for staying with us, like, well past. We're in record time now. We're so done. with <laughs> Our show ended, like, 10, 20 minutes ago. But Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. We really enjoyed it. Like I said, you came on and you participated, so you got to hang out, and that made it even more fun. So I love the debate I'm, that you had. I may on. be wrong, 
But wasn't she better than the first lady? Um, I think they were different in their perspective. Yeah. Thank you very much. How dare you say that? I, I, I mean, I apologize to, to, to the other lady. She was interesting, too, but I like this one. She's a little feisty. She got some shit with her. I like that. You need to come on back. Well, thank you. Invite me back sometime. Don't let him suck you in. Don't let him suck you in. Don't, 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 don't do it. And, and don't you, do you it. know I've been known to suck in a woman or two. See? See? Oh, that's why. Like girl groceries. Got you. Got you. Like groceries. Oh, but this is well, he is our resident at Polio, so there you go. <laughs> that is his specialty. Oh, my God. Well, y'all have sweet dreams. I have to hit the road tomorrow for my family vacation, so I guess I better go to sleep. Well, you enjoy your vacation. You guys be very, very careful, and we hope to have you back on. Please, I would love to, and y'all have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Um, and Ron and Maj, it is time to say goodnight because I can't take one extra moment of that dude. Hey, hey, that's not nice. Neither can I. Mm-hmm. WTF. Go and watch this video and get you a good old laugh. And while you're at it, go read those 57 questions that a black woman wants to ask. Uh, right. And it's the next day you can go have a sandwich or something. Golly. You're not like you you're not yourself when you don't eat a Snickers. You need a Snickers. <laughs> mm, I, mm, I ain't putting that thing in my mouth. Not gonna happen. <laughs> you got a better chance of getting some groceries Snickers. and putting on a platter than a Snickers mm, mm, mm. We're gonna slide mm. it in the middle of the grocery. Mm. 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 I am so done with y'all right now. What? What are you asking the ass, old monkey? It was your idea to do this question <laughs> shit. You want to ask questions? You know me and Amaz got answers. <laughs> we had to do it. We had to do something the last 30 minutes. I didn't know it was going to turn into a damn hour with you guys. But, okay, good night. Say good night, Ron. Say good night, Amaz. Good night. I'm yawning. I'm good night in it. Yeah. Did you just yawn on the air? <laughs> oh, I are, we, are we boring you that much that you yawn yeah, on the boring. air? I'm tired. I want to go get in my bed. It's cold in my house. It's awesome. What, what the hell would you do? <laughs> we trying to do all this like and shit. she go yawning. <laughs> Why are you stop going? Ron, stop going. You're still going. You're like on 10 still. Shut the hell up. Say goodnight. That nigga need a sandwich. Get a panini. Get your old Bologna sandwich and go to bed.
Damn. You know he don't. You know he ain't no baloney. Okay. He's going to be eating himself because he's baloney. I'm done. I'm, I'm officially done. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Blog Talk. Good night. Exactly. <laughs> I think that was the best line of the night. Oh, my God. I can't. No, that nigga need a sandwich was, was A number one. That was funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, good night, you two. Good night. Yeah. Good night. Good night. What up? <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.